Candice, and you're listening to Music for Cupcakes, a podcast all about a bunch of songs that I wrote a long time ago. Baby Girl is a pretty emotional song that the older I get, the more it resonates with me as a daughter and now as a parent. It's a song about the need to let go of your kids at some point. I think it's a poignant and bittersweet song and the lyrics are pretty respectful about the balance between honoring your family and striking out on your own in the world. But this song actually started out as kind of an angry venting project. I had gotten into a pretty big argument with my family, and honestly, to this day, I don't really agree with what they were arguing, not even after having kids of my own. And it was kind of a turning point where I realized that my expectations of myself and my life were very different from what my family expected from my life. And in the years to follow, I had to learn how to reconcile that. I am definitely not complaining about my upbringing. I had a wonderful childhood, and my parents really went above and beyond to give me what they thought was the American dream. I think all parents try their best, and that no matter how well-intentioned we are, we will still have hardships with our children. That's how life is. I remember reading a story that Humans of New York had posted, where a woman talked about how she sacrificed everything she earned so that her kids could go to summer camps and after-school programs to keep them off the streets. And the part that really stuck out to me was when she said something like, I owe it to them. They didn't choose to come here. And that's something that's really worth mentioning. Life is a gift, but it's something we're given, not something we necessarily asked for. I suppose it depends on what you believe, if there is conscious life before birth or before conception. But so often, the narrative is... Your parents gave you life. Respect them because they worked so hard to bring you here. Even though being made and being born isn't necessarily consensual. Anyway, big thoughts. The argument took place at the recording studio where I was interning in 2008. I was working a shift and my parents had called me kind of in an ambush. Earlier, I had been talking to them about planning a band tour slash road trip with a guy, and my parents were really against it. I was 22 at the time, and obviously conservative families are very much against that sort of thing, no matter how old you are. During the phone call, my parents were trying to explain to me that I can't really just do whatever I want with my life that my actions reflect on them and their community, and that no matter if I'm making right choices, what matters more is that other people think I'm making the right choices, which is what I disagree with most of all. 
in my opinion, people will think whatever they want to about you and their perception isn't always right. Think about all the times people have been proven innocent after being accused of terrible crimes that had no concrete proof except the public opinion of guilt. Or like the time you were on the phone laughing at something funny and a person nearby thought that you were laughing at them. Stuff like that. I feel like the world keeps trying to teach me that people's perception of things is more valuable than the actual truth. And I really hate that. It reminds me of this really weird and random memory I have from high school. It was in my senior lit AP class, and every day we were supposed to bring our giant literature textbook to class. But the girl who sat behind me always forgot her textbook, so I did what I thought was the right thing to do, and I shared my book with this girl almost every day, and the teacher seemed to have no problem with that. And then one day, I happened to forget my textbook, and the girl behind me actually remembered her book. So when it came time to open them up, I thought, hey, maybe the girl behind me will share. And then the teacher saw what was going on, and she totally went off on me about how I was always forgetting my textbook, but the girl behind me was always nice enough to share it with me, but that today was the final straw and the teacher said that she was going to take points off my grade. And I looked back at this girl, hoping she'd like back me up and maybe set the record straight. And she just kind of shrugs, like tough luck. So that was a big life lesson proving that, well, maybe I shouldn't share my stuff. And also that, you know, maybe people's false perceptions are actually more important than the truth. But like, I know that's not actually true. Sorry, that was like a random tangent. And this teacher was like a beloved teacher at my high school. And I really did like her, but she had a terrible habit of favoritism and double standards. So that's really unfortunate. Anyway, the argument I had with my family comes from a complex cultural and generational background. My family is from an Asian background where community and respect for your elders and saving face has a lot to do with many Asian cultures. They're also fairly religious and there's a lot of Western Christian like morality that came into play there too. When I talk to my white American friends about my issues with my family, a lot of them don't get it. They're like, just do what you want and if they don't like it, screw them. And you know, that might work in some families, but when I tell my friends of color about the situation, they're usually more understanding about the cultural nuances. I think a lot of what I ultimately disagreed on with my family is that I was very much taught, don't do this or that because it's not the right thing to do. Whereas I think my personal outlook is more like, you know, you really shouldn't do this because these are what the consequences could be. You can make that choice if it's available to you, but these are the possible outcomes, good and bad. So make your decision based on that. And not just because society frowns on that or a religious text says don't do it in one of its translations. That could also be true, but I personally think rational reasoning is a much better way to go instead of like, because I said so.
That's like a shortcut that a lot of people take. And there's another kind of parenting attitude, like just do whatever makes you happy and I'll support that. And I don't necessarily agree with all of that either, but I have to say it does make friendship between a parent and a child a lot easier. So, you know, I think there's a balance. Anyway, I was pretty upset after the conversation and I went back to my apartment and got out the keyboard and my laptop and just started recording. I wrote the song in the closet of my roommate Abby's old room as she had already moved back to Michigan to get ready for her wedding at the time. And I thought the closet would provide better acoustics. This song was also part of my EP project while my then boyfriend was away on a trip, which I talked about in my episode about the song Hire Me. My goal was to write one song per day for about a week, and this was one of the songs. I made a sweet lullaby sounding riff with some bell and glockenspiel patches on the keyboard. It's pretty simple and repetitive. I was one and my life had just begun suddenly is a little bit syncopated. tell that I wrote it around the same time that I wrote Hire Me because those are all things that I incorporated into that song as well, but obviously in a much more different kind of setting. The melody came easy for me and so did the lyrics. They're personal, but also general things about a healthy childhood. Some of it's really like elementary and simple and some of it's a bit more poignant. So here are the lyrics. I was one, and my life had just begun. Suddenly I was five, and the apple of your eye. Then I was ten, getting awful grades again. I turned fifteen and lost all of my self-esteem. Everything I do, I do it because you told me to. Wrong from right, you taught me, and I always trusted you. But I can't be your baby girl forever. 
I was 20 and met someone to date, and then he broke my heart, and your shoulder was where I fell apart. Here I am, 22, and now I understand my purpose in this world, but it isn't the path you thought he'd planned. You gave me life, now please let me live it to its fullest. The ending of the song is the bridge and the chorus layered over it, which I think is really powerful, and I really liked how it all came together in the end. pretty good song. I felt like it released some of the intense emotions I had been feeling that day, and it took care of my song of the day for my songwriting project. So it was a really productive song. We tried to do a studio version of Baby Girl to amplify some of the emotions a bit, and we were almost there, but we never completed it. My producer Rich did an amazing job with the song. I think most of the instrumentation was done by him on his own time. He made the instrumentals like whimsical and theatrical. I really like how the bass is this pizzicato sound. Pizzicato is where a string player plucks the string instead of using the bow and it adds to that theatrical vibe. I also love the percussion, which kind of has like a timpani feel to it. Again, more theatrical and more symphony-like. I think the best part of the song is this alternate chord progression at the end. I remember when he showed it to me, he was like, hey, I came up with this thing. If you don't like it, we don't have to use it, but yeah, let me know what you think. And I thought it was so beautiful and striking. And it really helps the song grow from like a simple lullaby at the beginning to something quite powerful at the end with the bridge and the final chorus overlapping.
The song was mostly unfinished because I didn't have a chance to really nail the vocals. I don't have a great voice and it takes a lot of effort to get vocals that sound good for me. I recorded some temporary scratch vocals just so we could have an idea of how it would sound, but they weren't that great. And there were actually some production mistakes that we could never agree on to fix, like this phrase here. It's obviously like cut off at the end. So the song was put on the shelf for a while. A few years after I moved away from Florida, I started thinking about the song again. I actually had a copy of an instrumental version of our unfinished track, so I just decided to do my own vocals with GarageBand in my bedroom. I changed one of the verses because I had gotten older, and it actually fit the lyrics a little better. Instead of, here I am 22, I changed it to, here I am 25, and now I understand my purpose in this world, but it isn't the path you had in mind. The number 25 fit the song better because the ages are in increments of five, and I was also able to rhyme 25 with path you had in mind, so perfect. I didn't use the entire instrumental track. In the instrumental track, the bridge was a lot more techno than I had wanted. I think Rich had been experimenting a bit with the sounds and the beat right before we shelved the project. But I really liked the bridge in the unfinished studio version with the vocals. So I took the bridge from the unfinished track and I kind of spliced it into the instrumental version in GarageBand, which sort of worked. I tried to make the transitions as seamless as possible, but you can tell that the vocals and the final chorus sound a bit harsher because those are the scratch vocals from the unfinished version that had to be in there too. I also used the instrumental version for a few different family videos, including my daughter's third birthday video. I added the melody and also an extra verse at the beginning because I wanted to make the videos a little bit longer than the length of the actual song. And in this version, the more techno bridge worked just fine because those were like dance scenes in all the videos actually, so it was appropriate. As I mentioned earlier, this song has really grown on me, especially now that I'm a parent and a parent of a daughter. I have no idea what the future holds for our family and for our kids. And I know that I'll probably have many disagreements with my children about how I'm raising them. But I hope that 
I'll be able to find the strength to let them go when the time calls for it and to be able to trust them to make their own decisions as capable adults. I'll always try to be available to give them advice and to be a listening ear, but I can't make choices for my children forever. Because if there's one thing I learned from trying to make other people's choices for myself, it's that if you make choices that aren't yours and yours alone, no matter how good your life ends up being or where you end up, it won't feel like a genuine destination. You might always think to yourself, is this really where I belong? To wrap things up, here's the final version of Baby Girl. And then he broke my heart And your shoulder was where I fell 
you can check out this song and some of my other tracks on soundcloud.com slash cupcakecandice. If you like this episode, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Thank you.